Welcome to Triumph and Disaster, a show dedicated to manly creativity and culture. Brought to you by your host, Cameron McHarg. Hey guys, it's Cameron McHarg, and we're back for another episode of Triumph and Disaster. And this week is kind of a short and sweet one with Chris Gore. So Chris Gore is um, he's kind of around everywhere in sort of the, the film and comic book and sort of you know geeky world he he actually founded film threat magazine um which which actually reviewed my first short film it was like one of my first reviews and then um it went south you know all, and magazines had a really hard time for quite a while there and it disappeared and then it um there was a a big kickstarter for it and it made a resurgence so film threat is back out and around and um you know i actually had a book of his this is how I knew him first, actually. I had a book of his um, about film festivals. Back in the day, he was sort of the go-to guy for uh, which festivals were cool. And he's been on a bunch of, he used to host a bunch of TV shows like an IFC. And he's just all over the place. He's sort of the, he's sort of everywhere. So it's a short and, uh, short and sweet one. We did just like about 30 minutes. We just met um, right before a party that he was going to have. It was sort of a Comic-Con, pre-Comic-Con party at Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard, which is a really, really cool comic book store. If you live in LA, you probably know where it is. But it was just funny. We were uh, we were in the back. There were all these guys smoking weed and uh, random sort of um, kind of semi-famous uh, uh, Comic-Con type guys, guys who do you know, voices for various TV shows and cartoons. And his, uh, his sidekick for his podcast, the Film Threat Podcast, kind of rolled up and talked for a second. So it's just a lot of fun. 30 minutes of Chris Gore. Triumph and disaster. All right, we're on. Cool, ready? Yeah, we're recording behind the Meltdown Comics with a bunch of comic nerds smoking weed about 20 feet behind us. And uh, we've known each other for about five minutes. Yeah, we have. Well, this it's weird. Like, <laughs> you could just smell the marijuana it's, you smell can see like it wafting. Almost. Yeah, it's that yeah. thick. Yeah. It's yeah, like, so, uh, and I think some people, it's kind of like a one of those classic cartoons, <laughs> like where the, like, the, like the sandwich or whatever. Yeah, the wolf will smell and like then, a steak and then, or something, and then and just start in floating, <laughs> and the nose will lead to where exactly. the, where the pie is cooling on the windowsill. Wasn't that the Bugs Bunny and that monster, that big redheaded monster? It was I mean, on ether. It was an ether. That's what it was. It, it wasn't. So, it's, it's happened in a million really cartoons, stoned. but it makes me want to. Who cools their pie? On a, window on a windowsill, like just, I don't know. It's it's strange. So, so all right. So uh, yeah. So we've known each other all of five minutes. All five minutes. Five minutes. So let's just assume that people don't know who you are in this too. So we're gonna we're gonna start from. I, there. I would say that? I would say that's a great that's assumption. I would say most people don't know who I am. So that's good. <laughs> all right. So you know what? You I had a book on my shelf a million years ago that was yeah. by you. I, I which believe. which it was one? Like, it was a like a film festival book. I don't that was yeah. Was I did I did I did four editions of a book about film festivals. You just revised it. Over, revised over it. Yeah, yeah. Just um, it's one of those things. Like you know, the thing that would bug me is I go to film festivals and I'd see a really good movie made by some young artist who didn't know anything about how to promote himself yeah. or you know now we live in a, an well, entire culture where it's a little uh, different than we live 90s, in an entire though. culture where people in their fucking 20s talk about their fucking brand and and <laughs> oh, yeah. so i think maybe that and it's I, them yeah and it's it's which i find irritating but um, if you are trying to promote yourself as a filmmaker you do have to find a way to sell yourself and so this is when people didn't think in those ways right. I, I wrote the first edition of the book in the late 90s 
So I think the last edition came out in like I think that's when uh, I had it, 2010 like that. or so. But but yeah, so uh, yeah, so that that's one of the projects that I've done. But I don't I don't even know how like when people know me, it's like, well, how do you know me? Because they're like any number of seven different ways where you might have known me. Yeah, because you you have your hand in a lot of different shit, but it's mostly it's mostly movie related. Like okay, mostly so movie the, related. So the, yeah. so the book. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, so um, wait, we have, yeah, we haven't even said who I am. Film th- What's your name, dude? Chris Gore. <laughs> wait, did you did you introduce me? I didn't. I don't think I did. I didn't even say most people don't know. Who, but I'll have an you introduction. Don't say my before name. This, thing. this is like a guessing so, game. So who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah. So um, what was it? It was a uh, okay film threat. I had my uh, I had a short film that was reviewed on Film Threat before oh, wow. it disappeared. Oh wow! Well now it's back. And now it's back. Well, that's that's, that's, right. that's a so good we, thing. We, we, I want to touch on that for a second. Sure. By the way, did all those old? Are you able to retrieve any of that old shit? The old stuff. Most of it. I mean, some. Really? Here's the weird thing: is that the. I mean, just, I, it was a good review too. Let's, it was let's, like, fuck, and well, now it's gone. I got a four star review. Well, and now let's, it's gone. let's get out of the way the all ways right. people might know me. They might know me from a magazine I created called Film Threat. Yeah. I also did other magazines. I did a magazine about video games. This is all in the 90s. Did a magazine called uh, Wild Cartoon Kingdom about cartoons. But Film Threat is mostly what I've known for. And then sort of later I started to write books about movies. I uh, wrote a book about film festivals. I wrote a book called The 50 Greatest Movies Never Made. I've written countless articles for other magazines about uh, mostly sort of where nerddom and film movie geekdom existed. Right. Film Threat was sort of their early uh, early precursor to all that stuff now we live in like geek culture where geeks are celebrated but it's before comic-con film th- yeah exactly well, before well, it was huge before comic-con blew up and became yeah. not not as fun anymore but <laughs> but then, and then you know i've i've made some films myself i uh co-wrote and produced a movie called my big fat independent movie which yeah, was basically that. a parody film and then what are they um, like riding convertibles in the desert or something or? yeah it was just took the plot of every weird indie movie and just kind of <laughs> mashed it into one and then got a bunch of comedian friends of mine to be in it but but then and then i other, other people know me so some people know me from writing because they have read and then other people know me from uh television where i my first thing i did a show called the x show that was like my first regular gig for fx and then i did another show for fx i did a show for ifc called ultimate film fanatic but most people know me from g4 tv attack of the show where i covered movies so so some people know me from tv tv some people know me from film thread and then yes i have been mildly successful in many things (laughs) and i say i am saying from zero to mildly successful that's how you've made your name in a wide variety of things Where the other day I was at D23 Expo in Anaheim, California, which D23 is like Comic-Con for Disney nerds, and someone recognized me from my Instagram. So Wow. I thought that was kind of funny. It's like above everything else. Well, if you if you look me up, we're just gonna get this out of the way. If you look me up, I'm just that Chris Gore on everything. Okay. So if you just look up that Chris Gore Gore. Instagram, Tumblr, you know, on Twitter, whatever. Or film threat. Film threat uh, F I L M T H R E A T. And the Film Threat Podcast. I've done uh I used to do a podcast called Pod Crash, which was every episode of the show, I was a guest on a different show. And okay. that, was, that was the premise for my show. And the Film Threat podcast, I, I have to no, admit, I haven't heard that one yet. And your oh, well, part, it's, it's, was uh, he, is he the guy, is what's he like that? Yeah, my co-host, sidekick guy? Yeah, as we were just getting ready to start, my co-host Anthony Ray Bench pulls up. But yeah, the Film Threat podcast, we relaunched it in January, and it's been weekly ever since, uh, January uh, 2017, and it's been weekly ever since. I'll put a link and, up then for it. Yeah, put a link up for the, the podcast. For sure. Check it out. We just, I mean, it's like, sometimes it's themed, sometimes we review movies that came out that week, and... We I see. Here's what I like about what you're doing. You're doing this super gorilla style. 
you know, I love this. We're we're recording this. Yeah, not on, everybody knows. Yeah, in, on the in the, <laughs> the back way that of, we're doing this in the right back now. of Meltdown Comics, you know, on Sunset Boulevard, we're just like, recording this podcast. Yeah, we're not in a studio. See, I like that. I don't like these podcasts where it's like you got to be in the studio and the sound's got to be perfect. Oh, dude, I don't and like you it. sit I with don't the like cans being on, slick. Fuck and then that. you've I, got the glass window and there's a and producer. the headphones and the you need any of that shit. That's that. What's that thing with the little protectors? You don't spit on the mic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got the whatever you call that. The mic. Yeah, whatever. That's the 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 thing so you don't yeah. pop yeah. you know pop yeah so uh, which, which we just did but yeah. but like I just like that you know I'll pull out my iPhone and we'll start recording an episode of the podcast like after we saw a movie at the theater we'll walk out of the theater and in the bar area or whatever we just start recording the show yeah that's so why I, I like it too I like it yeah I like it sort of like it's almost like a reality show in audio form well, in it's just not pretentious bullshit it's just just dudes talking. It's not like some oh, kind don't, of canned. Don't, don't make those assumptions. We might get pretentious every <laughs> once in a while. But what, I mean, one thing I never. Well, it. sometimes I mean, if, well, if I have like a, re, a really, my opinions are not really pretentious, but I, but I do think but um, film nerds, you know, get you know get a little serious sometimes yeah, about their Star well, Wars. I am one of those people that does get a little yeah. serious when warranted, you know, when it's yeah. necessary. But I don't take myself seriously. That's the that's the I think that's sort of consistent with anything I've done, whether it's a film or a TV show or a podcast or a book or a magazine. I don't take myself seriously, but I actually take what I'm doing very seriously. So whether I'm covering film or making a movie, I take that all very seriously. But myself, fuck that. Yeah, you know, life's too short. How did you get? So you're from Michigan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, right outside of Detroit in the a same area, town like called Royal Bruce Oak. Campbell and Sam Raimi. Same area. Well, they grew up in like well, they didn't grow up. They it, it, they grew up in this area like Birmingham, Bloomfield Hills, but they had offices in Ferndale, which are right next to Royal Oak. And Ferndale is now this like hip area of of uh, of Michigan, just outside of Detroit, but it's like, yeah, Ferndale, Royal Oak, all that stuff. Yeah, that Sam happened. Raimi let me a camera actually when I was in college You're to do this kidding college me. movie. Oh my god, the movie was such a piece of shit. That's an amazing story though. It was already. A, a one hour, sixteen millimeter movie I made called "The Cool Teenager from Cool Teenager from the Planet X." Is that anywhere to be seen? Uh, I I think I have a copy of it on VHS. Oh, you but gotta, I'm too. You gotta do it's such that. a pretentious piece of shit. Oh my god! Is it it's, black and white with a no, no, clown? No, but like there's a scene where this guy t- <laughs> takes. It's this punk rock guy with like a mohawk and he's like having sex with his girlfriend on a Nazi flag and like there's just all this I was basically just anything that I thought would piss people off I put okay, in this movie okay. so it look was at inc- this it was incredibly pretentious yeah. oh my god I think we had one public screening of it so um, yeah but like, yeah I was, you know I think everyone goes through that pretentious phase in college yeah, where they make the, like you discover stuff for the first yeah. time yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah you I gotta mean, like oh I'm the first one to think of this symbolism in there uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a tracking shot following the person's feet as we <laughs> walk up to <laughs> as get out of the car to me I had a film professor uh, at Wayne State University which was a commuter school I, I didn't have the traditional college experience where I like went to a frat and all that stuff yeah um, you know I, I went to this either. commuter school and I worked like three jobs and I have an interesting story about a college I'll tell you in a second but but um, yeah it was it was just a school where you could focus on like just doing work and I feel like there's this sort of I had this film professor who basically told us that if we put a shot just like I described mm-hmm. where you followed someone's feet you would instantly fail he said you were not allowed to put that shot in any shot or anything similar to that in any movie that you made for him for his class and I thought that was cool kind of badass he was like throwing yeah. out restrictions and I thought that that was at the time I thought he was a total dick <laughs> but I, now that I think about it it's like that's cool but but what I did so I'm a college dropout by the way, even though I've written books that are required reading in college. That's funny. So, 
but the quick story behind that was I always I wanted to go to uh, USC, mm-hmm. USC Film School. I really wanted to go because that's where didn't even have a that's where George Lucas, didn't want to do the Spielberg, whatever, yeah. NYU or wherever. I no, was no, USC. I, was, I wanted to go to USC. So because that's where my heroes at the right. time went. You know, Spielberg, Lucas. I I, I loved you know Star Wars, the early Spielberg movies. Yeah. Um. And and it was too expensive. I mean, like I yeah. grow up. See, the weird thing is when you're growing up, as long as your parents love you, you don't give a fuck how much money you have. I didn't really know that my family was poor until later. It's just like. Oh yeah, like I have the same sort of two pairs of pants, and the, right. you know I didn't realize was I was like sort of experience, yeah. sort of sort of. Oh, I kind of grew up poor, but you didn't. I didn't care, right. you know. I was loved. What what does what difference does it make? So, but I really wanted to go to those schools, and I just found out like, oh my god, it's all rich kids and political, and yeah. like I there was no way I was gonna have any chance to get into USC. So I had my mom. We were on this trip out on the West Coast to visit my uncle, and I asked my mom. She drove me to the the campus of of USC, I went to the bookstore and I bought as many of the books that I could in the film program. Then I made a list of all the other books I couldn't afford to buy at the time. I spent over $200 on books, which was a lot for me. I read all the books that all the students going to USC read for the film program because I wanted to, I wanted to have the knowledge that they had, even though I knew I couldn't afford it. Finally, I was so sick of working three jobs going to this commuter college where I didn't feel like... I feel like it, college then is a scam. I feel like it really is even more so a scam now yeah. where they you pay a lot of money to uh, buy books at an overpriced rate then to read the books, regurgitate the contents of those books to a professor who will check that you read those books. Now, that's not true across the board. There's some great professors yeah. out there. You know, that's, that's the old punk rock arrogant me wait a second I've, i haven't changed much but um no i, you know, I, I but i just I thought i, I yeah though. so i so i dropped out i said oh, i'm just gonna read all the same books that they read and i i'm gonna start this magazine this punk rock magazine called film threat i started it when i was like 18 years old i was just gonna ask the, it older. was like Holy shit, punk really? rock it, yeah it was like a, a zine, zine yeah. yeah in the 80s it was like a zine and then it just sort of like developed it went from like i think we did like eight or nine issues of the zine yeah. the xeroxed one then from that it was like ooh, let's get it printed with a color cover on newsprint it just kind of moved up the scale so but yeah no i'm a, a college dropout that just i just read the books that were required in college but i feel like even now like okay then that was kind of a risky thing for me to do you know not have a degree or whatnot but but now i think more than ever with youtube yeah you, don't you know need it as much ted talks yeah with absolutely. like you know online courses i mean depending on how ambitious you are because look i've hired college graduates and i gotta say they're no smarter than than you know kids that have dropped out of college yeah in my opinion yeah. right it's all it's all like you know what what you got inside you you know what i mean so right I, I don't know. I, I feel like now, especially, I feel like these kids getting out of college with, you know, burdened with debt. Massive for, debt. Like for, six figures. Yeah. Like for years with no guarantee that what they paid for is going to lead to the result that they would like, which is, you know, a decent career and a decent living. I think it's, that's all anyone wants, it's right? It's not the same anymore. It doesn't It doesn't mean as much as it did like 20 years ago. It doesn't there, mean as that much. That was part of like a, almost a guaranteed thing. You go to school, you get a good job. Now it's like you go to school, nope. you're in debt and you're fucked. No. I mean, you, you, you got to get a master's so, degree based- unless, yeah, unless it's like a you're a doctor or something. Or, or oh yeah, I, yeah, that was the know. only thing I would say. Like, cause I, I would say to like uh, whenever I would just give public speaking, uh, do public speaking at colleges, I would say don't do what I did. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like that that path is not exactly the best way to go. But I feel like also if you're going to be a doctor or a scientist, you really do need of a professional course, yeah. education. But like liberal but arts it, stuff, you're not in the arts. Yeah. You could get just as good of an education by watching movies, listening to DVD commentary, reading yeah. a lot of books, reading some really good film critics out there, and there were, there are few and far between. It's mostly these YouTube. Do you have any favorites? The uh, the uh, Devin Faraci. Uh, he's yeah, call, yeah, Devin Faraci from Birth, Death, Movies. He's a controversial figure because uh, he's just a controversial figure. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I like the people that are insightful and actually um, have ideas and challenge. I could give a shit if they agree with me or not. I'm not offended if somebody didn't like the latest Spider-Man movie. Right. How does that affect me? Right, right. But I feel like we live in kind of a pussified culture now <laughs> where uh, people are just like, well, your opinion. Shut up. I, I, love, I love diversity of opinion. I love to engage in a conversation where someone doesn't agree with me. How is that a bad thing? It's, it's fun to do that with movies. That's it's the only way you learn. Yeah. It's the only way you learn is if you engage in conversation. Echo chambers aren't really helpful. Echo chambers, and this is, we live in an echo chamber culture where people are unfriending on Facebook and who fucking cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, you know, whatever. I, 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 I don't know. So, so well, that kind of different. thing does bug me. So like, and so speaking of how shit's way different now than it used yeah. to be, and, and uh, I'm an old punk. <laughs> but so you had the, we had the, the magazine, right? Right. Almost yeah. most magazines they just weren't making it anymore. So no, no, that, print died in like the late '90s. Right. I mean, a lot of that had to do with well, a couple things. One, advertising dollars dried up, and then secondly, I have a theory about this: the U.S. government did not allow um, replenishable hemp to be grown uh, to be used as paper. Yeah. So deforestation was really the only way to, to, uh, to create, you know, print, right. Yeah. It was, you know, you're, you're chopping down these forests, you know, chopping into mulch, bleaching the paper. So it's pure white, chemically, bleaching. Uh, chemically bleaching and doing all this stuff. I mean, now there's more recycling, recycling is more part of, it. but in the late nineties, really the, the, the solution that would have saved because paper prices skyrocketed and advertising went down. So all these alternative magazines, all magazines that were alternative voices in politics, comedy and in film, including film threat, all went out of business in the late nineties. Yeah. So yeah. We're, I'm working on a documentary about it right now. I mean, I'm, oh, you are. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, facilitating the making of the documentary. I'm not directing it. Uh, you know, it's someone else's making the documentary, but it's about the rise and fall of film threat in the nineties and it's called film threat sucks. <laughs> so that sounds really cool though. I mean, and I'm really happy I, cause I'm, I'm really happy to see that it's back. Oh, so thanks, congrats man. on that. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm sure that's like keeping you super busy. I mean, yeah. are you still doing like 12 juggling 12 things all at the same time no no i mean i try to i try to be more focused i have like long-term projects but it's like every week you know a podcast you know the content on the film threat websites updated every day you know uh, i've got like sort of long-term projects in the works working on another book you have to i mean for me i'm just bored working on one thing so it's like all right work on the website for a couple hours work on the book for a couple hours work on the podcast a couple hours a week you know i don't know yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta produce you got to constantly be putting stuff well, out, you right? You do. You constantly You're doing do. it right now with the, yeah, I guess we're hold this in the microphone with the with the with, yeah. the, with the weed smokers. Yeah, right exactly. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you could smell this podcast. So what, is, <laughs> what is this thing here? This is like a this is a party for like it's a, just not a par- Comic-Con, it's, it's, it's a party. Else. Yeah, it's a party for a company that uh, this is my day job. Is I work for a company called Gemmer, G-E-M-R dot com. and Gemmer is a collecting platform where you can buy, sell, and trade your stuff, and then also connect with other collectors. It's basically like Facebook meets eBay, but it's for nerds. Okay. So I'm totally sold. It's like something that I would be a customer of if I didn't work for the company. But we're having a 
road to Comic-Con party. It's basically like, come here, drink for drink and eat for free, let's hang out. And, uh, and, 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 and smoke and, weed in the back. Well, the, the drag is, is that a lot of friends of mine that you know I see at San Diego Comic-Con, um, I don't see in, in, in San Diego. Right. Like, so, you know, we were all from L.A. It's like, where are you? I'm at this party. I'm doing this thing. I'm in that panel kind of spread her out. So I thought, well, let's do a party. The road to Comic-Con. We'll just let's let's all get together for drinks. It's a little pre-fun. A little, little pre-fun before there's the real parties. So this is the pre-party. But this is this is a big we have way more RSVPs than than uh, I think that I don't know. I think we'll see. We'll see how it's crazy it gets. Yeah, it's hard to get people out. Everybody, everybody RSVPs and then half the people show up. Maybe That's half, just yeah. Yeah. Maybe half. It's always yeah. tough. Yeah. What's the deal? You mentioned Comic Con is not as cool. I've never been. Well, well it's. I mean, it's it used to be. Here, well, no, I think Comic Con. I think the people who organize Comic Con. I think it's a great event. The problem is, it's been invaded by people that. It's like a big Hollywood trailer. Kind it's of thing? yeah. It's 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 um, been co-opted by uh, the marketing powers that be mm-hmm. at various television, film studios, and sort of offshoot things that have nothing to do with what the with the reason it was created in fact here here's an interesting challenge go up to anyone that goes to comic-con now that calls themselves a marvel or a star wars fan and ask them if they have ever read a science fiction novel or how many science fiction novels they've read crickets crickets fucking crickets like yeah i've seen all the spider-man movies Fuck you. Punch me in the throat. Yeah. No, but like, look, like, I mean, there's a, a lot of people, a lot of people that guys. are fans of the of the the movies, but they haven't read the source material. Right. They don't know anything. They're not they real hardcore. They don't know who Steve Ditko is. You know, they don't know that Spider Man premiered in an issue of a magazine called Amazing Fantasy Number Fifteen. You know, so so I I feel like it's just been. I, I there's sort of it's a double edged sword. I'm happy that geek culture has spread and become mainstream, yeah. but also it's brought in. A bunch of fucking morons. So, you know, <laughs> it's I mean, always like that whenever anything gets too popular, I, though. I, I could it, be, it, yeah, I, I could be at Comic Con back um, pre maybe two thousand five. I could turn to anyone and say, "Well, what did you think of?" We get in a whole conversation about David Lynch's Dune, mm-hmm. and we'd start talking about the books. And it's like, "Well, how many books did you read?" Well, I read up to Heretics of Dune. You know, the first four books, like. I mean, I was a, I read, you know, Arthur C. Clarke when I was a kid and, you know, I read Frank Herbert, you know, all the, the original Dune books, the original ones before, like, it was like his son and other people writing them. The first right. four books are to me the legit ones. But, you know, like, uh, I read the original Pierre Boulle uh, uh, novel that Planet of the Apes, the movie is based on. No the novel's completely different. Um, I didn't in the know sense about that, that. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, well, it's two different things. There are, because I, I just, in fact, I was just in, this is the other thing, I turn up in a lot of documentaries. Like, if they need a, a nerd to sort of An expert? speak speak with authority on yeah. a topic, if it's something I'm comfortable, I don't know everything. I don't, like, I can't tell you about the history of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things where it's like, I have gaps. Yeah. But, um, but, but like, uh, I was just in a documentary about um, uh, movie novelizations, which is really, because I used to read those when I was a kid, and the reason... To read movie novelization, it was kind of like DVDs with extras before DVDs in this sense. The guy who was supposed to write the novelization of the movie would get a copy of an early draft of the screenplay and probably have six weeks to write the movie novelization. That's it. So they're including scenes that were in the original script but might get cut out of the movie. Right. So when you would read the movie novelization as a kid, like whether I read Logan's Run, which wasn't a novelization. Read, read the Lost Army. Yeah, William, yeah. William F. Exactly. So, so there were like 
deleted scenes and it's like oh these are scenes that weren't in it so there's two sort of types of movie novelizations one based on the script uh, shooting script for the movie and then there's another one where you have a novel and what they've done is they've remarketed it with branding of the movie poster so it's the Logan's right. Run movie but it's based on you know or you know uh, the Philip K. Dick novel you know do androids dream of electric sheep which Blade was Runner. the source material for Blade Runner exactly but then they just put a different painting on it right it's so bizarre but um what did you did you start i mean what what so, got you what, what do you what did you get started out was it comic books was it books was it movies just it everything i mean you know just like were my, there i mean were there I, key ones from each of those I categories mean, that really like did it key for you? moments like i was five years old my dad took me to a retrospective screening of 2001 a space odyssey not a movie i recommend you take a five-year-old to <laughs> you know um then then i then i don't know it was reading comic books watching the batman television series right. as a kid in reruns right um and then you know it was just like everything tv show movies i mean i was addicted to everything science fiction i mean and before you know dvrs and vhs recorders i was using a cassette recorder to record movies like king kong episodes of television shows really i mean that that was like and look what's so funny is i'm not unique if you talk to anyone who grew up in the 70s who was involved in nerd culture, we all had tape recorders. I would yeah. take my tape recorder into a movie theater to record the movie so I could listen to the music later. So, Isn't that amazing? So, I this mean, is what a if nerd, you were a kid in the 70s, though. If you were a kid I mean, in the 70s, technology was very ex- unsophisticated. You so were exposed to this. So much amazing shit early My mom had stuff. to drop me off. To Luckily, so I lived good. two blocks from a movie theater, um, the Berkeley Theater, and uh, which was in Berkeley, Michigan. And I would walk to this theater, and they would show all these movies in second run. It was the Dollar Theater. Uh-huh. So it was really fun to like go see. I would see movies like you know Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back seven times in a summer yeah, or something. Yeah. So That was common. So, people but, don't... People and I remember. Do you remember the lines for those things too? It's crazy. Jaws, like you know that. So, so I saw those in first run as a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, which are probably like really traumatic, like now. But I don't know though. Like, like I mean, look, there are kids who have you that have access to the internet that are probably nine years old that know what double penetration is in porn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know. I know. Like, I so it's it's that. a different culture. Like, and look, kids absorb that stuff and they process it in certain ways. So who knows? I mean, I mean, I, I, I Mike's another experience I had, which I know isn't, isn't unique, is finding an abandoned copy of an adult magazine. Right, right. Why were they it was just like abandoned? Like a construction site. It was or like a construction or site, like, or it was like hidden right. in a bushes, or, or yeah, like exactly. under in the under, woods for some reason. In the woods, or like it was just like always like a club. It was just like why did people abandon their porn? You know, it was sort of like the porn fairy. Found it though. It was like the porn fairy, like the tooth fairy. You would just maybe, find maybe porn. Some guys like kids' dad, like in the garage, maybe or something. Yeah, but it's bizarre, like f- just seeing, like uh, having these like similar experiences as a nerd. Hey, Bernstein, my yeah. friend John Bernstein, walking up. He's mocking seeing, him. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how's it going? Publicly how's it going, John? Him. What's up? <laughs> We're doing. Well, I'm doing a podcast. This is Cam. Cam's John are Bernstein. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh yeah, John Bernstein has an amazing voice. Too. Hi, podcast listeners. <laughs> he has an amazing voice, John Bernstein. What am I supposed to say? You have to ask Smooth. me something. Well, I don't Smooth know. Like uh, we'll explain your voice. You do. You've done voice acting and voice work. Yes, I have, but not so much lately. But yeah, yeah. Actually, I was on an episode or two of Space Ghost Coast to Coast back in the day. Wow. Yep. And other stuff. Like, it's so funny. I, I would, me. I'm in a parking lot. All right. Yeah, I, I just pulled up <laughs> my car. And here I am uh, shilling for myself, apparently. <laughs> well, hey, uh, come on in and grab a drink. I, we'll yeah. be there in a second. We'll wrap it up. Right. Uh, yes, yeah, I will right. be there. It's good to see you, man. See you I'm glad. Great to meet you, Are you going to be at Comic-Con next week? Uh, 
don't know. So uh, when's this getting posted? I don't. I don't know. Probably we'll about a week. Back, so about a too week. late for people to give me uh, a place to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it's a shout to, out to write a Comic Con 14 years in a row, and uh, this might be the first year that I won't be going. So uh, I've been going since '89 when I first moved to LA. And I, there was one year where I was like eh, thinking about not going. And I drove down and I slept in my car. Remember those yes, where you just sort of pull and slip? You know, now it's just impossible. But everybody talks about it being more crowded than ever, and it absolutely has grown. But I would say the biggest change in the last decade has been cell phones. Right now, everybody's in giant costumes with giant swords, and uh, <laughs> and they're packed into there. But phones instead of like ten piece. years ago when they were actually looking at stuff. Now they're actually looking either down at their phone or they have their phone in front of their face taking pictures of the hot girls dressed in cosplay right. costumes. Or, or, or they blows things way the fuck down. Or they're <laughs> periscoping and do, taking selfies exactly. to prove totally. that they're there. It's the cell phone that slowed everything down and the crowds. But yeah, yeah. well, so we were just talking about. See, I'm, I'm like the old curmudgeonly like mm-hmm. nerd. Hey, hey, we were talking about like. We'll see. We'll see. I have no hair. <laughs> well, we were just saying that like it used to be a day like in the you know back back in the good old days of Comic Con where you turn to someone at the bar and you'd start talking about science fiction novels. And I will say right. that like if you talk to Marvel or Star Wars fans now, ask them. Don't ask them if they've read a science fiction no- novel. Ask them how many science fiction novels they've read or do they even know for the Marvel movies that they're big fans of right, right, right. did they read the source material did they know that Steve Ditko illustrated Spider-Man in the right, early right. days that like Amazing Fantasy 15 was Pseudo the debut nerds. of Spider- you know like like or uh, you know where Fantastic Four came from influences of that or just right. among among other things Speaking like, of which I, I did go to D23 and I saw you had troubles getting into the panels did you point, point that out yes I did it was <laughs> I was I was so annoyed I was angry no I, I just did one post which I had to make funny because I don't I can't just complain laughed, so mission accomplished my friend yeah yeah but I, I was like why can I not get into this stupid thing they, they have all these rules now for press I, I was pre- it was it was I, I, oh, I'm, I was I was yeah but I made it into the legend ceremony so I did see the tribute to Jack Kirby which was nice and I, I saw nothing I saw not one panel and I paid for a badge and I also got a press badge it was it was fucking awful. I planned to. I assume you got kissed by Disney Magic somehow. If, if you listen, no, no, not at all. I, 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 in fact, on the latest episode of the Film Threat Podcast, which we just posted today, I totally shit all over D twenty three. So. Well, I, I, uh, as of last Friday, as you. Thank you. I think you know. Uh, I'm no longer at the House of Mouse, so I think I'm free to do that too now. Cool. I got my severance check. Come on. Nice. Shit all over the mouse. <laughs> well, I'll see. I'll see you in the party. We'll we'll, we'll wrap this <laughs> up. Yo, cool. Man. Yeah. All like right. John, John, who I met at Sundance. I no, before that. A long, long time. And he does yeah, have a long, good in voice. In the '90s, we met. Good yeah. voice, John. A long time ago. John is amazing voice. But uh, yeah, I, look, I, look, I'm not pissing on the modern fans. I think I think it's great. I just I just think it does help to kind of have that background to know the source material and yeah. to understand where this nerd stuff comes from. Right. It didn't just come from, it wasn't just like last week. No, there were I mean a lot of this stuff is just But old. a lot of millennials don't know anything past 3 years ago anyway. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm I doing micromudging. I actually now. I actually like millennials. You know, I think that they're much more polite. I think they're it's weird. There's sort of weird things about them I like and then don't like, but I think that in general, um, I think I think you know. Look, people shit on punks, 
yeah. when I was it's gro- every of course it's every yeah, generation yeah, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat the cycle I'm not gonna repeat the cycle I think that millennials are in many ways can surpass and actually do better things than my generation has done and I'm really excited to see like because they have reasons to be angry for how for how the world is being shit on at the moment you know based on politics based yeah. on how they've been treated in college based on what the job opportunities and and sort of the econ- economics of the world and the way things are shifting so uh, millennials I hope will fix well, things hope, where know, I've, we talked about this and I'm going to cut you off but I mean I, yeah, I they seem to be dropping out more than they are kind of rising up uh, you talked about punk, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, give it time. The, give it time, you know, like you know, no one, the artist now, the millennial artist that's that's like really, you know, not yet, up. not yet. Give it time. I mean, look, no one took me seriously when I was in my twenties. I mean, I look. First of all, I looked like a gangly kid. I looked like I was about fifteen years old till I was thirty, because I just looked. I mean, I, I was late you bloomer. Kind of. I'm sort of a, a young looking, and it's hey, it's the Irish genes. It's the Irish. I like to say that alcohol acts as a natural preservative. <laughs> so, but um. But no, I was just like, I didn't really get taken seriously at all until I was like in my 30s when I started to actually look like an adult. But I had done, I had written books and done so much stuff before that, but no one took me seriously. It was always kid. People would call me kid, which I was annoyed at. So I say, give millennials time and and stuff's going to happen. I believe that someone will break out and there'll be a voice. I'm waiting for it. I hope so. I hope so. Because it seems like a generation of conformity more than um, rebellion. Well, I, th- I think they're rebelling in different ways. I think in different, in s- small ways that we need to do. You know, we need to be, Hopefully you know. Hopefully there'll be a little more. Yeah. Especially oh, now. Yeah. I, I think it's needed and, now more yeah. than anything. But I think that I, 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 I see the, uh, I, I like what I see so far. So please, That's cool. please continue. Please um, continue. I, I will, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of millennials. So we are a little bit, we're about a half an hour right now before we started. You wanted to keep it right around there? Yeah. You let's, get yeah. Into the party? Enjoy your so, drive time. Um, before you take off, though, yes. so you, you talked about a book. You yes. talked about a bunch of shit. Yeah. So you want to you want to kind of rattle off some of this stuff for people. So uh, that Chris Gore is everywhere. Look, yeah. Look. Look. Just that Chris Gore on film Instagram. Threat. Is it filmthreat.com? Yeah, filmthreat.com. You look at filmthreat.com. You go to chrisgore.com. Um, I don't know. Look up stuff about me and what what I'm about. If you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I promise that I'll entertain you and I'll plug other stuff. But you know, uh, if you like what you heard here, listen to the Film Threat podcast and uh, check out my other stuff. And uh, Cam, thanks for taking the time thanks, to man. talk to me. This was this Great was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun. This was like was a rapid fun. fire thirty it was minutes. Hard and fast, but Wait, really how fun. Do, how do you end your show? What's your what's your sign off? Oh, I don't do that shit. You don't do that shit. No. You know, I don't do. Well, you know what's funny? We, we like, do it. Hey, nation. Yeah, or we, whatever it is. I actually do do it on the Film Trip podcast. Nation. But we do it in kind of a, a fun way where we we end the show by saying, "Let's get out of here." Oh, well, that's cool. And the that's, reason, that's, but the that's re- all right. the reason we say it is, if you look up "Let's get out of here," the just that phrase, it is the most used term in screenplays and in movies. In fact, if you just go to YouTube and look up "Let's get out of here," I saw a video about that. You'll see Wasn't a montage like a, of a video, yeah. and I'm talking like, like from movies like movies. from the '40s <laughs> up to now. Like it's it's yeah, it's the most used phrase in movies in in television. What would you guess the most used uh, term is? I have no idea. What's that supposed to mean? Oh Christ! I know. Yeah. Yeah, I can, that soap makes operas, sense. That makes dramas. Sense. What's that supposed to mean? I mean, does anyone use that phrase in in normal speaking? Like when you're talking to someone, have you ever used the term? What's not that supposed not to mean? Not without getting socked in the face, probably. Yeah, it just yeah. seems like kind of a weird. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to. <laughs> I can yeah. tell that makes sense now that you mention it. It's like yeah, what's Christ, that supposed to like mean? An, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Why don't you just ask the question? Oh my God. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Good to meet you, man.
So that was Chris Gore, you guys. Obviously, we had a fun time with that. I had fun with that. I hope you did too. Um, so like he said, you can find him anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere at that Chris Gore. So at that Chris Gore, he's basically everywhere. And make sure to check out his Film Threat podcast. So just go to iTunes and do that. And while you're there, if you can go to the Triumph and Disaster on iTunes and just leave a quick rating and review, it really helps Apple to just promote the show. It helps a lot. It takes you just a quick second. I'll call you out by name if you'd like. If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine too. Just let me know. I'm happy to do that. And uh, yeah, it just helps get the show bigger and better. And we'll be back next week. Triumph and Disaster. Thanks, guys. <laughs>